This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Alan Lazarus, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Let's talk some productivity and peak performance. You know, when I found you, I mean, you were wandering lost in the desert of LinkedIn. I said, wow, productivity and peak performance. Your podcast is a hyper-conscious podcast. And I'm like, oh, I got to have this guy in my live. Are you kidding me right now? Because... That's right in my wheelhouse. And you're a pretty smart guy, by the way. I checked out your LinkedIn uh, profile. Oh, my goodness. Your courses? I'm, I'm reading those. I'm like, holy smokes, you are one smart guy. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. We did just rebrand. So behind me, it says Next Level University. So we were the Hyperconscious Podcast. Now we're Next Level University. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to say that. So And thank okay. you so much for the compliment. Yeah, I went through some tough coursework for sure. Yeah. Well, anybody who goes through college, I went through college and of course everything I went to college for is outdated. I went through applied computing and the books were actually outdated when I was learning them. And that was back, by the way, folks, I went to college when the internet was a baby and we had to actually read textbooks. There was no, there's no emailing your professors. I mean, everything was on campus in real books. So uh, the people go to school now, totally different world, totally different world. So let's talk about productivity and peak performance because I've been in this game for a number of years and I, I believe in having an open mind. So I, I'm a student of productivity. I'm a student of peak performance. And I believe most people who are genuine, uh, is it, that is their expertise as does you and me, you know, you'd like to have an open mind because when you have an open mind, you're always willing to learn new things. Right. Is that, do you feel the same way? I do 100%. The greatest masters are always the most excited to be a student. That's one of the reasons why I love my podcast, why you probably love podcasting is you get to pick the brains of so many incredible people and then all your listeners benefit too because they get to listen in. It's like having a mentor in your pocket. Yeah, and it's amazing. And in 2020, there's absolutely no excuse. Uh, I don't have any money. Well, podcasts are free. I don't have any money. You can get a lot of books for free. You can attend webinars. So right now, more than any other time in our life, there's no excuse for you not to say, listen, I'm not being really productive. I'm not operating at a peak performance. What can I do? Well, there's a lot, there's millions of podcasts out there you can listen to. And so I think more now than ever, we live in a world that there's no, no room for excuses. I couldn't agree more. So now talk to us about how you approach productivity. Let's start with the morning because I'm a firm believer you need to have a morning routine. I'm a firm believer you should go to bed at the same time every night, seven days a week. You should get up at the same time in the morning, every morning. So talk to us about how you approach productivity and let's start with your morning routine. Okay, perfect. So the, the macro here in terms of the frame of productivity, day and decade, okay? If you want to have a magnificent life, you're going to need to have a magnificent daily routine. And so it's interesting. It's like if you have a world-class athlete, they all have the same pre-shot routine or they have the same, you know, Michael Phelps doing that flapping his wings thing before, before the swim. So the morning routine is kind of like that. So for me, every single morning for the last six years, and I won't go too deep into my story, but I got in a car accident and then I really dove deep into my dreams. And then productivity is obviously necessary if you have dreams. Okay. Mm -hmm. So my morning starts with a morning mindset workout every single morning. Now, the morning mindset workout, it's actually on my YouTube. So Alan Lazarus YouTube, there's a playlist called morning mindset workout. And there's certain videos in a row that I've listened to. The first one is called Ode to Excellence. It's by my buddy, Eddie Panero. He has a YouTube channel called Your World Within. He's a close friend of mine. We co-hosted an event together. But Ode to Excellence is actually his first video on his channel. 
Um, and I've listened to that video and I kid you not every single day for the last six years, swear to you every day. And so one of the things that I'll say about productivity and not just my morning routine, but productivity in general, peak performance, consistency is everything. What's interesting is whether you're starting a podcast or you want to be an athlete or you want to be a concert pianist, if you cannot be consistent, you might as well forget it. And I know how hardcore that sounds, but what's interesting is if you have enough consistency, you can almost accomplish anything. Without consistency, you almost can't accomplish anything. And I did fitness coaching for a number of years. So again, morning routine, I start with my morning mindset workout every single morning. I listened to it this morning when I first went went uh, got up. That's a several videos. The first one's Ode to Excellence. The second one is about basically making sure you're focused on designing your own life, not others. And anyone can go and see this. And then the third video is Sad, Sad Guru talking about inner peace. And then the fourth one is a motivational compilation. It's got Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, Jim Carrey, Tony Robbins, those guys. So every single day for the last six years, that's how I start my morning. Then I hydrate. So I drink water and I the water does have a stimulant. So caffeine has some caffeine in it. Okay. Now I immediately go over to my whiteboard. When I go to my whiteboard, I look at my to-do list. So my assistant and I have a rolling to-do list that's on iCloud notes because we both have iPhones. And I look through that rolling to-do list and I write it all out on the whiteboard and then I circle three. Okay. And I won't allow myself to do anything else other than those top three things. I also have a system of success. So my system of success, I call it my daily dozen. All my clients do this. Our entire uh, Next Level University team does this too. The daily dozen is basically the 12 things. Here's what it's predicated on. You've probably heard of the book by John Maxwell called Today Matters. Today Matters is basically the key to your long-term success lives in your daily routine. That's John Maxwell's quote. I like live and die by that. So in my head, it's like, what are the 12 things that I need to do every single day in order to achieve my dreams, to ignite the power of the compound effect? One example is physical therapy slash yoga slash foam roll. And then in parentheses, 20 minutes. Okay. If I do yoga for 20 minutes, I get a check mark. Now I do zeros, 0.5s or ones. So I do a, a no check, which is an X. I do a half check or I do a full check. And then my whole team, my clients, we have what's called PPT, peak performance tracking. And we have a spreadsheet that everyone can see, Google spreadsheets. Everybody has access to everybody's. And it shows yesterday I had, I think, an 82% day. So you get to benchmark yourself every single day. And I start my morning, number one, morning mindset workout and hydration. Number two, go to my whiteboards, plan out my day, figure out what the most valuable tasks are, MVTs. Number three, I go to my daily system of success from the previous day and I enter it into my peak performance tracking. I love that. And I, I want to touch back, uh, go back to consistency. Uh, as of today, uh, what's today? Uh, October 8th, 17th. Um, <laughs> uh, I've run 1,146 days in a row. And nice. I, don't te- I don't tell people to, to tell the people to brag. What right. I what I want to illustrate is I started with day one, August 29th, 2017, and day one became day two. Day two became day 50. Day 50 became day 100. Day 100 became day 500. I did it consistently every single day. No excuses. Doesn't matter if it's cold or hot. I live in Houston, Texas. If it's raining, I go out every day and 
I read Robin Sharma's book, The 5 a.m. Club, in February of 2020. And I said, you know, I've been hearing a lot of people about the power of getting up early. I says, let me try this. And so every day now, I get up at 5 a.m., seven days a week, vacations, holidays. It doesn't matter. Again, consistency. I'm in bed, lights out by 9 a.m. I'm up at 5, p- 5 a.m., no, I go to bed at 9, 9 p.m., get up at 5 a.m., but it's consistency, and I want people to hear that loud and clear because you go through and you do the whiteboard for your task. I use a planner. It doesn't matter what you use. The point is be consistent with it, and right. what I see a lot of people doing, Alan, is they keep everything up here in their head, and that's right. the worst place you can keep your to-dos, uh, the, like you mentioned, your most valuable tasks. doesn't matter what you're doing. Don't keep it in your head. It doesn't become real, in my opinion, until you write it down. That could be a planner. could be a notebook. could be a whiteboard. Write it down. Now it becomes real. And I want people to understand that, that you can't plan your life in your head. It's not going to end well. Right. Exactly. And so one of the things, if, I, if I'm not at home, and we have a whiteboard in the studio right, right there. Uh, and then in my room at home, my home office, I have a whiteboard as well. Let's say I'm traveling. I still have a, a leather-bound notebook. It's in my bag right over there. And I do, instead of the whiteboard, I write it out there. And then I circle the top three. So even when you don't have access to the tool, you still find a way to do it. Uh, Kevin has a Kevin's my co-host. Uh, he's that guy right there. <laughs> uh, he has a yellow legal le- pad of paper. And I couldn't agree more. It's It's have it. If you don't design your day, you're, it's going to go off the rails. It'll go off yeah. the rails anyway. That's yeah. the interesting thing. It, your day is going to go off the rails anyway. One other thing I'll say too for your listeners and for anyone listening really. So I break my day into thirds. Okay. The first third I say is for me. So the first third I'm pouring into my own cup, planning my own day, doing back office work, all that kind of stuff. My second third is for service. So my second third, starting at noon, is when I, that's why this was booked at noon, is that's when I start to add value to others. That can be podcasts, that can be speeches, that can be LinkedIn Lives, that can be coaching sessions, that can be all those things. Okay, so first third is for me, pouring into myself, setting up my day for success, back office work, uh, all that kind of stuff. Second third is for service. Third third is for my friends, family, and my intimate relationship, mostly my intimate relationship. Okay. If for some reason I'm not spending time with my girlfriend, Emilia, that's where I do R&R, rest and relaxation. And one other thing that I'll give anyone listening as well, and when I learned this, it changed my life. I had a coach early on who told me about the four Ds of time. The four Ds of time are deep, distracted, directed, and down. He says high performers have very, very little distracted time. And a lot of deep time. Now, mm-hmm. let me define each. Deep is basically when you're alone by yourself in solitude working on one project where with no interruptions. Okay? That means no emails, no texts, none of that. Okay? And I track that too, by the way, my system of success. So that's deep time. Distracted time is anything you didn't plan in advance for. Okay? So it can be a knock at the door, a ring of the phone, anything you didn't schedule. Okay. Directed time is what I would talk to you about with my system of success, which is, okay, I decided in advance that every day I'm going to do these 12 things. You know, one of them is hit my calorie goal. One of them, it might be weigh myself, right? Things like that. That's directed time. In other words, you're 
chose in advance what tasks to do, those three MBTs that I told you about, that would be directed time, okay? Then you have downtime. A lot of high performers struggle with, with the downtime. So downtime is any time that you're relaxing and recovering, but here's the problem. A lot of us mistake downtime for distracted time. So if you're scrolling on your phone or answering text messages or emails, that's actually not R&R. You think you're relaxing because you don't consider it work, but what you're actually doing is your brain is not recovering. There's a lot of science behind, you know, when you're reading a book, if you do it for 50-minute increments or 30-minute increments or hour-and-a-half increments, and then you rest, and there's actually science where if you nap in between, you'll actually retain more of it, the neuroscience Mm -hmm. talks about that. But here's my point. So high performers, here's the percentages. And again, this is not me. This is uh, one of my coaches. His name was Alex. Um, Unbelievable. He taught me this. High performers have this ratio, 30% deep time, 0% distracted time. Obviously, it's not really 0%, but it's as close to zero as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 50% directed time and 20% um, uh, downtime. Down- Downtime, exactly. So again, down 20% of a 16-hour day, if you're getting eight hours of sleep, is 3.1 hours. So that means downtime, you should be taking three hours a day. Maybe it's three hour, three one-hour increments. Maybe it's three hours all at once. Um, but the key there is, so what, that was 30% plus 50%, which is 80% plus 20%. So that's 100%. That's a high performer. Mm-hmm. What low performers do is they have mostly distracted time. Yeah. They wake up in the morning and then whatever comes their way, texts, emails, phone calls, whatever, rather reactive. than their week, reactive, exactly. Yep. And they have very little downtime. They have mostly distracted time and they have almost no deep time. And that's the kicker. I'm reading a book right now called Deep Work. Oh, fantastic book. I've listened to it twice, read it twice. That and the other book, if you haven't read it yet, Digital Minimalism is two of his great books. He's coming out with a book in 2021 about email. Uh, you know, how we get obsessed with email and Cal Newport, my hat goes out to him. He's not on social media at all, but he will tell you in his book that to have zero distracted time is an impossibility because there's other human beings. FedEx is going to drop by. You can't get down. And and I'm one of these people, you know, uh, who say, look, everyone is a procrastinator. High performers procrastinate very little. High performers get distracted, but not as much as high performer or as, as other people do. So right. in ideal world, yes, you should have deep work. And here's the thing of deep work is if you want to write a book, okay, deep work doesn't mean you leave all your notifications on, you leave your phone on. And that's not what we're talking about. Deep work means like when Cal Newport write his book, if, I don't know how far you're in the book, but he shuts everything down. He shuts right. everything down. And the thing is, he argues you can't be in deep work for that long. You, you just can't. I think the most he's ever done is an hour because after a while, your brain craves something else. And so you need to do deep work, but you also need to like pull away. It's okay to be on social media as long as you're the one in control. It's okay to be on email as long as you're the one in control. And I want to talk about something you said about planning your day. You did it in thirds. Two questions. Number one, a real quick question. Do you have office hours? Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day, get my top five productivity tips, and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. When you refer to office hours, when, when I send a Calendly link, I, so no, I don't. I don't okay. think. If, if you're 
a definition of office hours is like open time where anyone can get a hold of me. I don't, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't. Uh, the second thing I'll say is I have a Calendly link that I send for if anyone wants to have a call with me. And it only goes from 12 to 6 p.m. for that second third. Gotcha. And it's seven. Day, it's six days a week. So Sunday, it's not because that's my day with my girlfriend and back office work to set up for the the following week. Okay. Um, but technically, I would consider that my office hours because if anyone wants to, it's interesting. You can't get on my calendar before noon or after 6 p.m. Basically. Okay. Well, my, my office hours are nine to four, Monday through Friday. And on Saturday, I have Sundays. I have a couple hours because some clients want to meet with me on Sunday, but I really, I use calendar as well and I limit how many clients. So I sat down and said, okay, how many clients do I want to take a day? How many interviews do I want to do a day? You know, and because I don't want, I know some people, they like doing clients every 45 minutes from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. That's not me. I know that if I have like, say, eight clients a day, I know that seventh and eighth client won't get as best, my best version as one and two. So I sat down and said, okay, how many clients do you want a day? I only deal with clients, like I said, five days a week. That's it. I like a lot of white space in my schedule. So mm-hmm. I will not do back-to-back calls. So if I have a client call, let's say at 10 o'clock, I won't have anything until like maybe after lunch. Or if they're at nine o'clock, maybe I have something at like 1045. I like to have decompression time after every call so I can take the notes. I can enter it in the records. I can, you know, see if any other insights came to me and I can email the client. And so I like a lot of white space. A lot of people don't like white space. They like to go from one thing to the next. And if I guess if you're being efficient, I guess it's okay. But I would want to know how efficient are you at the end of the day as you are the beginning of the day? Right. I think what's interesting about that, and I'm like you, and I like to have silence between, I I often say this simple quote, the silence between the notes makes the music. Okay. So imagine going into a club nowadays and it's just, it's too intense. There's no lyrics. There's no pauses. It's right. Whereas if you were listening to peaceful piano, it's going to go up and it's going to go down and it's going to have the whole full symphony. So that's kind of how I think about life. You want enough structure to where you don't go off the rails and you're as effective as possible. But you also want to create flexibility within the structure. And so it's this order versus chaos sort of dynamic, this yin and this yang that feed into one another. And so I'm like you. So I always have a half an hour between calls as well. And um, the other piece, too, of the thirds, that's why I have it set up that way is because from noon to six, like in the morning, I'm preparing for those calls. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm doing my reading. I'm, I'm doing my morning routine, that kind of stuff. In the evening too, I forgot about this and I want to make sure I mention it. Workout. I work out every single day. So I obviously you work out every day too. In the morning. I, in the morning. So I yeah. promise myself, you know, it's interesting. I used to work out in the morning and I do weight training, like really heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. And now I actually don't do that on purpose because I no- was noticing that a lot of my peak productivity hours were being taken from fitness when I actually think that that's kind of something that's rolling in the background of my life now. Now, of course, I want to perform at my highest level, but my my peak performing hours are usually, for me, the first two hours when I first wake up. Okay. So when I first wake up, I try to optimize those based on what's most important at that time. And again, the other thing I want to reiterate here for anyone listening, I'm not perfect. My days get messy you know, the key here is not to not have a mess, but to manage the mess in a way that yes. you're consistently and sustainably being effective. And a lot of people think the calendar is like a jailer. The calendar is what's interesting about the calendar 
I remember early on, I was being coached by my aunt, Jonan, and she uh, runs a financial firm in New York City called Element Financial, one of the first woman-founded financial firms. And I used to see her calendar, and it would scare me. It literally, this was several years ago, but it would scare me and I would go, whoa, like, I don't want to live a life like that. You know what I mean? Now I actually, my calendar looks a lot like hers, but it's, it's set up in a way where I actually have more freedom and I, it's a permission slip. Like when you have, when you know that your system is set up for peak productivity, now when you have those silence between the notes, those um, white space you have a permission slip to actually rest and relax and and process and contemplate and dream. That That's a good point. And I want to talk about planning just for a moment. I'm a big fan of always planning your day intentionally. And a lot of people are good at doing this during a week, but they don't do it on the weekends. They don't do it on the holiday. If you go on vacation, I still plan my days. And when I tell people that, they're like, well, that's kind of crazy. No, I say, okay, I'm going to go to Disney World today. That's the whole plan. Okay. But I am, I'm intentionally going to Disney world today. Or if I watch football on Sunday, I'm intentionally going to say, not just going to do it reactively. Like you mentioned reactivity earlier. I'm going to say, okay, today I'm watching my Houston Texans play. Okay. It's the power of being intentional about your time. And if you look at the high performers, they're very intentional about their time. But I will tell you, you know, you mentioned about your calendar. When I heard Bill Gates, you know, times his things in seven minute increments. I'm like, there's no way I would do that. I, I, that would stress me out and I would never be president because you know, when you're president, you don't ever get time off. You, you, you can't say, Hey, uh, you know, Mike, you take over for a couple of weeks. I'm going to take a break. You can't do that. You know, cause he wasn't elected to the office. Uh, Donald Trump was, or whoever was in the office, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't like my time that structured, but here's the thing. We can all structure our time. However we want you have your way. I have my way. But I think the the underlying current here is we've got to do what works for us. And so we can serve our, our clients. We can serve ourselves. We can serve our family. And you need to figure out a system that works for you and be happy with it. But to your point, realize there's no such thing as a perfect uh, system. You're going to keep tweaking it. You're going to learn a different way. I learned some things from you this morning. That's just the way of life. And if you're a student first, you'll learn that you'll never going to arrive at the perfect solution because there is none. And you're like, wow, this is cool. I learned this today and go with that and tweak it and see if that works for you. hundred percent. And I think it's powerful that you mentioned that too, because the key here is not to have the perfect system because there isn't one. The key is to have a system. Um, yes. Imagine if anyone's out there right now, like imagine if you, you have your goals, okay? You know your goals. You know exactly where you want to go. Okay, you also know your values, okay? Because you can know a goal and not have your values. So mm-hmm. for example, if you want to get straight A's, but you don't have a value of not cheating, you might be willing to go outside of integrity. So yep. goal, values, beliefs, Okay. What do I believe? What do I value? What are my goals? That's great. Okay, that's alignment. Do you have a system of success that keeps you on the rails and keeps you in integrity with those goals, those behaviors, those values and beliefs? The behaviors, that's the system of success part. So I picture like a pyramid. At the top of the pyramid, you have a true north, a north star. Okay. The bottom of the pyramid is your values and beliefs. Everything in the actual pyramid is your day-to-day life, your day-to-day system. Okay. So the day and the decade. Now, if you have a decade, that's your true north. That's my goal. Okay, that's the true north. Now, here's the thing. Number one, some people have a system, but it does not focus on the top leverage points. And this is where the peak performance part comes in. Okay, so for example, fitness. I had this one client one time who wanted a dream physique. And his dream physique was this guy who's a very successful bodybuilder who's 
very massive, tons of muscle mass. And he says, yeah, but Alan, I don't really like weight training. And in my head, it's like, okay, that's incongruent. You have a goal that you don't want the behavior or the process underneath mm. it to actually achieve the physique. To my knowledge, there's no way to look like that without weight training. Okay. So if you're out there right now, you either have no system at all and you're just winging it, which I very, very much do not recommend because you're going to be far more fulfilled when you have a system. Number two, maybe you have a system, but maybe it's not done consistently. Okay. That also doesn't work. Number three, maybe you have a system and you do do it consistently, but it's not focused on the top leverage points. So you're not really getting anywhere. Okay. Those are the three scenarios that I've found in peak performance coaching, except the fourth person. The fourth person is who I think we all aspire to be. You have a system. It is customized to your unique goals, values, and beliefs. You do it every day and it's focused on the top leverage points that matter most. So I'll give you a tiny example of a leverage point. So if you want to build muscle mass, weight training is, you've heard of obviously the Pareto principle, okay? Yep. 20% of your inputs are responsible for 80% of your results. So one part of the 20% in fitness for weight train, uh, for muscle mass building is definitely weight training. So if I want to build muscle, I must weight train. So the key here is not just to do a lot of stuff, but to do the right things, stay focused on them, narrow your circle of concern to the things that matter most, do them daily, and you'll be blown away in two, three, five, ten years from now um, how far you've come. Now, here's the key. Tweak the system. Yeah. Imagine if you had a system that every week you tweaked. My clients, literally, we ha they all have peak performance tracking. They all have their daily dozen. I literally, before the calls, do a synopsis of their previous week. So I take the last seven days since we last spoke and I average their numbers and I can see, okay, where are you consistent? Where are you not? Okay. So here's where you're winning. Here's where you're losing. Let's refocus. And is, by the way, is there anything based on your new awareness of having done the system that we can tweak to make this better? How can we make this better? The last thing I'll say here is we all do our best right now in this interview. I'm going to show up and do my best. Not everybody betters their best. So if anyone right now thinks I'm even reasonably good at this, what you're not seeing is the 500 other times I've done it. Okay. And each time I've reviewed it and then figured out where I wanted to improve. And I, so, I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, I got a question for, uh, from Lachelle. She goes, curious about your planning. Uh, I guess we'll both answer this question. I heard someone say that there's a difference between a task and a project. And many of us stress out because we try to categorize tasks for the day when they are actually projects. What are your thoughts? So, Alan, what say you? Great question. Great question. So I think that, again, yeah, so you have to have the label you give something creates the experience. So when I talked about the Daily Dozen, I was on the phone with a client yesterday and she had personal development as one of her labels. And I said, okay, what not only... Do you have to define what that means in terms of a task? But like what fits into that? Would a motivational Les Brown video count for you? Would would a book count? Which type, type of book? That kind of stuff. So to answer your original question with projects versus tasks, I think clearly it doesn't matter. The thing that matters most is that you understand it with the trigger. So for example, James Clear has a book called Atomic Habits. There's a mm -hmm. cue. There's a craving, there's a trigger, uh, uh, behavior, and then there's a reward. 
Okay, so I used an Oreo. You see an Oreo from across the room. Okay, you're, that's your cue. You're craving. Now, all of a sudden, you're craving Oreos. Your behavior is I go over and eat an Oreo. Your reward is the dopamine you hit from the sugar high. Okay, now that's a bad habit, obviously, but it's, it's the habit loop. So my question for you would be to answer your original question, which is, are the projects that you have in your life clear to you? And more importantly, are the tasks underneath it clear to you? If I were you, I would get clear on a couple things. Number one, get crystal clear on what is the project you're trying to accomplish and is it three months? Is it six months? Is it a year? Is it two months? Is it one month? Okay, is it a week? That's number one. Number two, what are the daily behaviors that must happen every day for me to get closer and closer and closer? And that's like the the gasoline in the car. Now, here's the third one, and this is the kicker. What are the tasks that are not daily, but they still need to get done? And I think that's the interesting thing, right? We've got these big projects. First of all, you've got vision and goals. Then you've got projects to get to that vision or goal. So the vision might be to be a successful author, like one of the most successful authors ever. Okay, great. Here's a project, first book. Okay, now here's a task underneath that project that needs to happen daily, daily task. That's writing every day for an hour. Okay, but what about reaching out to your publisher? See, that's a task that isn't daily. So I think those buckets will help you kind of understand and not get overwhelmed because when we look up at the 10,000 foot staircase, we think it's impossible. We get overwhelmed and we check Facebook, mm-hmm. but you have clear clarity in your mind. You won't be a procrastinator. I think so much procrastination comes from a lack of clarity of these different buckets and making sure you're categorizing things appropriately. Hopefully that answers your question. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting when you're talking about writing a book, uh, one of the people I studied under was Brendan Burchard. And when he first started writing his very first book many years ago, he was, you know, signed up for all these conferences and is going to take all these courses. And he said, you know what, I'm going to reach out to a lot of authors. I'm going to find out, you know, what, what, what they would give, what advice they would give me. And every one of them said, Right. Book. Yeah, right. <laughs> Every one of us. No, he says, if you look at best-selling authors, they don't go to conferences. They don't take courses. They just write every day. Right. And, and so if you want to be a coder, I had a, I had someone reach out to me inquiring about coaching not too long ago. And they said they want to be a coder. My first question to them, man, was how much do you code every day? They go, well, I don't code every day. I'm like, there are kids that code every day, oh, yeah. seven days a week. So don't tell me you want to do X when you're not even trying to do X. You're not trying to read books on it, watch videos, listen to podcasts, because that's got to start there. I mean, I don't care about your big dreams, what Jim Collins calls big, hairy, audacious goals. Because if you were, your habits, what you're doing every day, doesn't it's all scattered. Well, you're not going to get to that goal. So you got to get clear. I love how you brought about clarity because clarity is so important. Because, for example, I use this analogy all the time. If you want to summit Mount Everest, I don't have the... I don't have the first clue on other summit Mount Everest. So my first step would be not what selfie I'm going to take on the top of Mount, top of Mount Everest. It's going to like go to Google and like, how do you summit Mount Everest? It's probably a long journey. It's expensive. You have to go and train. I have no idea. So what I encourage people to do is what do you have to do next? Get clear on your goals, but then go find out what are all the steps and then put them in order because don't worry about the 30th step when you haven't even take the first step. So that's, that's what my, my take on that is. Yeah. Powerful. Super powerful. Well, it's been, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I, I, I want, I wanted to reiterate something that's fascinating. 
I think showing up, you've heard this before. I, I'll tell you this. So, so my girlfriend has a podcast. It's called the Why Power Podcast. And one of my clients, she co-hosted with a dear friend and client of mine. So they both, it's Bianca and Emilia. Okay. I told them this. I said, you're both beautiful. You're both brilliant. You both know your stuff. You guys are great. Honestly, you're great communicators. Okay. The only way I don't, the only way in my opinion, you don't win and find success is if you can't keep the train rolling. I said, if you do a podcast episode every week forever, there's no version from my sense of awareness being a podcaster that you don't win big. But here's the interesting thing. If you can't do it consistently, there's almost no way you will win. And so I keep coming back to that. But the showing up piece, the improvement will come. If you're out there right now listening to this, you're obviously improvement oriented. It's the showing up that's necessary because it creates the necessity for improvement. And we'll end with this because I know we have to go, but there's two cycles I want to leave your listeners with because I think that this will add massive value. When I learned this, it changed everything. So imagine a cycle. I actually have it written over here in the studio. In the bottom, this is a circle, is belief. Then it goes to try. Then it goes to fail. Then it goes to pain. Then it goes to new awareness. Then it goes to better decisions. And then it goes to better results, which increases your belief. I call this micro failure for macro success. You try, you fail, you get pain, but with pain comes new awareness of how to do it better. When you know how to do it better, you make better choices. When you make better choices, you get better results, and then you believe in yourself even more. Now, here's the other cycle. This is the cycle of failure. Um, not, Not failure. Let me reframe it. It's the cycle for being stuck. No belief, no try, no fail, no pain, no new awareness, no better decisions, no better results, and therefore no more belief. You just stay there. Mm -hmm. So one person says, I want to start a podcast and starts and never lets the train stop. They get better every single week. That journey never ends. Eventually they succeed. The other person wants to start a podcast but doesn't believe they can do it. They never even try. And so they fail by default. And it's interesting because I think showing up matters more than anything else as long as you can do it consistently. There's nothing more important than consistency. With consistency, you can do anything you set your mind to. Without consistency, you almost can't do anything. And that's my that's my main takeaway. I love it. So where can we go to find out more about you? So you can do Instagram. You can do LinkedIn. Reach out to me. You can also email me. Um, the best place to find us is at Next Level University. That's our podcast. Uh, it's actually called the hyperconsciouspodcast.com right now. We're actually rebranding that. We're changing that. But I'll, I'll leave you with Instagram and LinkedIn. So LinkedIn, obviously, uh, my LinkedIn, you can just look up Alan Lazarus. That's A-L-A-N. Lazarus is L-A-Z-A-R-O-S. And then Instagram is at A-Lazarus88. A-L-A-Z-A-R-O-S-88. DM me. Between okay. my assistant and I, we get back to everybody. Even if I can't help you personally, I guarantee you I know someone who can. Well, I'm thrilled that you came on the show today and shared your insights. I love having people on my shows that both here on LinkedIn Live and on the Mark Stachowski podcast who are really geeking out about productivity and peak performance like I am because like we talked about several times in the show, I'm a student first. I certainly don't have all the answers and I am so thankful you're on the show and I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. 
And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at MrProductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.